privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. You're up, you're ready, and you're listening to the Britney Mac Podcast. Everyone has a story. Applying them to Inspire the World Weekly on Motivation Mondays. Here's your host, Brittany Mack. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Brittany Mack Podcast. Today I have Officer Carter. He's going to tell us his experience as a police officer. Black police officer, just to let you all know. So, hello, Officer Carter. Welcome to the Breeding Mac Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Tell us about your experience. What made you want to be a police officer? Honestly, they were hiring, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something that was that would further my goals towards the ultimate career path that I want. So, at the time, I was like, this would be great. I've always wanted to do this job. But never thought I would really do it. So it's like it kind of came at a shock that the opportunity was there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead on and do it just because the opportunity is here. No time is better than this. You know, now is always the bright time. So that's why I chose to go ahead on and do this job. And so far, so great. Yeah. Do you go to the University of Memphis? I am a student of the University of Memphis. So you're a current student? Current student. I'm a political science major with a, a minor in sociology. Are you going to the police academy, or is that something you're doing now along with going to the University of Memphis? Well, I don't know how it works. Well, <laughs> you, you you have to already be certified to be a police officer before you put this uniform on in the city of Memphis. So I've already completed my training for the police academy. It was like five or six months or whatever. I did that back in August of 2017 oh, okay. to January. Been on for a year now, so... Yeah, you got to do all of that first. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm certified, I'm post-certified, and that's just simply saying that I have the credentials and the qualities to serve as a police officer here in the state of Tennessee. Okay, that's what's <laughs> up. So do you do that while you're in school or before? What, time about policing? Getting certified. Oh, well, I did that. Like, I took a break from school to, oh. to get the certification. Mm-hmm. So I was enrolled, and I've been out of school for, like, two years, and now I'm back trying to go ahead on and finish my undergraduate but um i had to take time off so i can do this i had enough hours that they require for you to do the policing so like i said at the time i was thinking maybe i should go ahead on and graduate first but i went on and done this and i'm I'm glad with the decision i made yeah it sounds like a good decision (laughs) you're a you're already in your field while you're in college correct this seems like so amazing and i'm sure you get paid 
a lot of good money to pay for college to finish it pay off. Pay is nice. I yeah. say pay is pretty good. It seems like you did good. It seems, yeah, that seems like an excellent idea. My experience so far has been very community oriented. Mm-hmm. Usually, younger cops they come out and <clears throat> they have something to prove to older cops and all this kind of stuff like that. So they come out and they be like ready to venture out and make a bunch of traffic stops. They do a lot of proactive policing. Mm-hmm. My proactive policing would be much different than another cop that who's been on my time. Our, our proactive policing is different. Um, over this past year, a little little over a year now that I've been a police officer, I've done things such as career days. Mm-hmm. I've done multiple of those. I've done panels where, you know, I would have questionnaires where people would be asking me questions about, you know, trying to bridge the gap with the community. And I've also served as a football coach for 10U and 12U Little League football team. And that was probably my most prized accomplishment since I've been here on yeah. this job because of the fact that I was able to reach out and uh, do what I do what I've been doing. These kids looked up to me. We would practice Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays during the season and have games on Saturdays. And uh, these kids would be so ready to looking forward to seeing me and I'd be looking forward to seeing them, you know. And then I just think I'm just thankful for my overseers for even allowing somebody who had less than a year on time to use time from work to actually put it back into the community. I'm not going to say any names, but, I mean, I got one of the best lieutenant colonels there is because she would she would allow me to, you know, use time from work to, you know, spend time with these children. And my shift is 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. I would spend probably from 5 p.m. to 8.30, maybe sometimes 9 o'clock, focus on these children in the community, taking them home, coaching, schoolwork, all of that stuff, mentoring. I would spend about four hours of my shift, no more, to devoting it to these children, and it, it brought great joy to me. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, had a had a traumatic accident incident when I first joined uh, last year. My little nephew passed away, six years old. Mm-hmm. Forklift fell off the back of a of a of a pickup truck or something like that. He was actually en route to my police academy graduation, mm-hmm. and wow. At the time, you know, it was really hard for me. And I, I believe just the way God works, you know, me doing this stuff with the community and the kids and stuff, it really, like, made me whole again. Because I really kind of, like, I, I had lost a lot of faith in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. at the time. And I was really down just because, I mean, I just, like, you know, a six-year-old kid. He was a beautiful little boy. And um, I just, it, it was hard on me. I used to cry a lot, you know. And I'm not a person that really would, would do a lot of crying or anything like that. But I found myself to tears a whole lot. And when I, when these kids came in my life and me coaching them and mentoring them, it, it really made things whole for me. So my proactive policing is much different than somebody who would come out here and make traffic stops and all that. And which I'm not bashing those people. That's needed, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as somebody working in the community. Because being able to actually get people who probably shouldn't be on the streets off the streets is great mm-hmm. but mine is prevention preventing these these children from becoming you know people that you would want to remove off the streets mm-hmm. and, and most of these kids uh didn't have much yeah. so them doing this football program was was huge you know and it was a, a pal program it's, it's a, a thing where one of the police officers on the department created this non-profit and it's, it's great i'm glad i'm a part of it it's one of my most 
bragged about things I do. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I love it. I tell people all the time, hey, I'm a football coach. You know, yeah. this is something I kind of stick my chest about. It, yeah. ain't, it ain't me being a police officer. It's mm-hmm. me like, hey, I coach. Yeah, yeah that's, so. that's awesome. <clears throat> you know, I always try to tell people those great things because, you know, when you, you're doing all that hard work, you're going to like those times when you can just be like, hey, look what I accomplished. That's always good. You should never forget about that part. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, and I, I want to apply to you on, like you said, when kids are young, like, they do need those role models so that we won't have to just pull them off the street. So, when they grow older, they already have their knowledge so that they won't get into any crazy things. Right, right. Of course. Yeah. So, I'm glad we have police officers like you. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, and, and, and more than you know, it's, it's more, more people like me, like, you know, we don't go to work saying, I'm. Let me find out who I want to lock up today. Mm-hmm. That's not a. That's definitely not a goal of mine. I'm gonna speak for myself right now. It's not a goal. I don't go to work saying, "Hey, let's see who I can take to jail. Let's see who I can ticket it today." I'm not even a big ticketing person, and let's debunk a a a, a rumor that goes around all the time. There is no such thing as quarters. Nobody can tell you that you got to write a certain amount of tickets. Nobody can tell you that you got to make a certain amount of rest. That's mm. that's illegal. Tennessee is illegal. It's illegal. You cannot do that. So that's one thing I wanted to debunk here. When I go to work, I, I answer calls for service, and answering calls for service is simply, you know, somebody call the police and say X, Y, Z happened to them, and we go and respond, and we see what we can do as far as taking reports, fingerprints, if somebody's stuff has been broken into, so stuff like that. Calls come out in Memphis a lot. This is a relatively large and population city. It's 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 one of the largest cities in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So people think it's Nashville as far as population. It would be Memphis. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a nice population here. So we have a lot of calls. Mm-hmm. We have a whole lot of calls. And at first I was policing in Whitehaven, Westwood, and it was very busy, very high volume calls. And now I'm policing in East Memphis. And like I said, it's you really... You you can make time to do those things like making traffic stops and all the other stuff, but my main goal and priority is to answer the calls. That mm-hmm. is a policy and procedure thing with the mm-hmm. department. You gotta answer your calls. So like I said, it's it's no such thing as a quarter and there is never a a time where you will want to go to work and say, Who who do I want to take to jail today? My whole thing about when I go to work is how many hearts and lives can I touch today? Mm-hmm. How many people can I possibly minister to? And that is one of my main goals in doing this, you know what I'm saying? When I go to work tonight, my my main goal is going to be to help people. That's what that's what we're here to do. So that's mm-hmm. that's for me though. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. You know, like I said, we need more people like you and there are people like you out there. So I'm glad we get to highlight one of the people that's doing a lot for the community because we need you. We really do. And you're a University of Memphis student. That's just amazing. You're so young already with this great mindset. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate the compliment. So I saw that you had a bad experience before. I commented under your Instagram post because I follow you on Instagram. And it was just a whole lot of things going wrong that day. Tell me more about that. What happened? We was trying to check somebody. They ran a stop sign or something. I was still in a training phase, and we made a traffic stop. And we was trying to get the guy to give us his driver's license and all that stuff and he gave us his driver's license and we was trying to get him to step out because he was uh making furtive movements and a furtive movement is a movement that you can automatically recognize as something as you know somebody might 
be about to do something, mm-hmm. but then they don't really do it, but then they're getting ready to do something, such mm-hmm. as run, grab, or reach for something. So, I mean, it's important to be able to recognize a further movement. He made mm-hmm. plenty of further movements. Mm-hmm. So he was like, hey, let's step out of the car. As I was going to open his car door to get him to step out of the car, he immediately put his car in drive and started dri- <laughs> driving while my hand was still on the door. So oh we got in the car. We went and tried to find this guy. And as we was looking for him, we saw that he had parked. <clears throat> excuse me. We saw that he had parked somewhere off to the side of the road. I mean, and, and went into some to the woods. So as we saw him going into the woods, we actually started to foot pursue him. And as we did that, it was like this huge tree branch or something like that. A tree had fallen off. This guy, he flipped over it and got away. And when I tried to jump over it, I tripped and fell, and uh, I lost my camera. I lost uh, my glasses. I lost my flashlight and a lot of my other equipment. My pants had ripped up. My knee was uh, bruised. And, um, you know, at that point in the moment, I was like, you know what, as far as safety goes, you know, it's like, we we didn't know what you know. I didn't know why he was running. I don't know if he had a firearm on him. I never did, you know. So it's like, as far as safety goes, it was just a learning experience for me to understand that just because somebody is running, don't mean you have to chase that person. Mm-hmm. I know it's like a, a huge myth that you know. Oh well, you run from the police, they're gonna chase you. Well, not necessarily. It's about safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have aspirations to start in family, a start in a family, and everything. It's, it's no way in the world that I'm going to risk my life. For somebody that I don't even know what's going on with that person, I don't know. I, I have no prior knowledge of who this person is. You just never know, so you have to be safe. And like I said, I'm a man of faith. I always go to work with you know God on my side. But however, I also know not to be foolish and to make foolish decisions, thinking that I'm invincible and I'm not. So you you just got to be mindful. Of that. So it was a learning experience that day. I, when you typed all of that about that day, I just feel so bad. I had to say something. I'm like, wow. I just, it's crazy what people are doing to police officers. Because I know, like, we have some police officers that are doing stuff to people. But it's also people doing stuff to the police officers. And y'all, like you said, you want to start a family. You got to protect yourself as well. Yeah, what's some other experiences you had that I don't know about? One of my most memorable experiences would be, and I'm going to try not to get too in de- detail one of my other experiences that I've experienced on a job would have to be this one time where we where it was the time that the the Amber Alert was going out around about the child the two week old child and mm-hmm. the father had supposed to had had the child or whatever the baby is okay thank God but we got a call and the call was a um, I, I, I would like to say well no I probably shouldn't speak about that so let me think about something else to speak about because it's, that's Let's just say, okay, so let me let me let me delete all the details and talk to you about just being a police officer. Just imagine having to go in a building where you don't know what's going on and something something tragic has happened in this building and you hear babies crying. And mm-hmm. when you hear these babies crying, it's a little girl, one years old, it's a two year old little boy, sister and brother. They're sitting in a bathtub in this place and it's a it's a big place. It's a hotel, a motel. I can say that it's a motel and you hear these kids crying and it's something dangerous going on actively as a police officer, me and the person I was with, my partner, we, we grab these kids and we console them. They're crying. They're loud. They're scared. We feel that our only main concern was to get them to safety. 
and it was so it's so memorable to me for the simple fact that people criticize a lot about police officers, mm-hmm. but they don't understand the real the real story that is to be told. And it's mm-hmm. not like I said, not about arresting and not about getting the 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 all this stuff, other stuff. It is about the what what we do to help people. Mm-hmm. When we got those kids out of there, I felt relieved mm-hmm. that they were safe and unharmed because it was a serious situation going on. Even their mother was in a dangerous situation. She couldn't do anything for her children at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, at, we was able to get those kids out, clear the building. And when I say clear a building, I'm, I'm, I can say this. We, we had the children in one hand, and we had our firearms in the other one, trying to make sure that nothing happens to these kids. Because it was a serious, when I say serious, it was a serious situation. So it was kind of crazy. I'm like, wow, I got a, a one-year-old girl in my hand and a firearm in my right hand. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm protecting this baby mm-hmm. at all costs, even if it means giving my life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that would be one of the most memorable situations. And I tell you that I didn't. I don't have to go into details, but the picture I'm painting here mm-hmm. is, is is what I want to highlight. Nothing else about that mattered but those kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We often find ourselves in situations where, like I said, those little kids had nothing to do with that situation. They didn't deserve anything that happened that day. And our main goal was, hey, we are police officers. We're here to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. And I think that we did a great job serving. And I know we did a dang on great job protecting. And um, in the Bible, I can't give you the exact scripture anymore. I want to say it's Matthew twenty twenty seven, but I, I can't can't confirm or deny that. Mm-hmm. It talks about service. And Jesus said, who is the greatest amongst us? And it says, it's the man that serves. Mm-hmm. So I look at myself as a servant at all times, and I'm proud to say that I serve people. So that is probably one of the most outstanding experiences I can speak of, of just being that image of saying, like, well, I got a child here and a firearm here, and I would do anything to protect this one-year-old child because at that time her life held more value than mine, yeah. knowing that she is the future. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if I'm only 23 years old or not, she is my future. She is everybody's future. We got to do everything we can to preserve her. We got to do everything we can to preserve our youth, period. Mm -hmm. And we got to pay more attention to them. We got to be willing to let it be the in all be all for children. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 my take on that. Yeah, policemen, y'all do go out and protect us at all costs and putting y'all lives before others. And this is that is amazing. So I do want to commend you guys for that. I appreciate that. Have you ever, I don't know if it's something that you can answer or not, but have you ever experienced some racism with being a police officer? I probably wouldn't want to answer that right now. Mm-hmm. We could possibly talk about something like that off the record. But um, as far as the interview goes today, I would much rather talk about things that we can highlight about the kind of debunking different things about just the interaction between police myself and the community uh-huh. you know what i'm saying so like like you said i'm a i'm a black police officer people walk up to me i don't like you i'm like you don't know me you don't know me just so. because of the image of police officers in general correct uh-huh and when they get to know me after i break the spiel down to them then they apologize i'm sorry i apologize i just thought i said well you know what Prejudice of any kind is wrong. Mm-hmm. Prejudice of police, prejudice mm-hmm. of blacks, prejudice of Muslims, prejudice of white people. Mm-hmm. All of it is wrong. Mm-hmm. We must devote ourselves to attaining true peace. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Martin Luther King says true peace is not merely the absence of tensions, 
but it's the presence of justice. And I, I look at that quote and think about what you mean is not the absence of tension. That ain't peaceful if it's not the absence. But what he's saying is, of course, there will be trials and situations. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're devoting ourselves to justice, then there will always be peace as far as like knowing that, yeah, there may be some bad police officers, mm-hmm. but we're going to recognize the good. Yeah. There might be some racist white people, but we're going to recognize the good. Mm-hmm. There may be some extremists in the Muslim community, but we're going to recognize the good because the bad has nothing to do with the good. Mm-hmm. And when we associate a bad and a good together, I think it's ludicrous for us to do things like that. I mean, I'm not bragging on myself, but I, I would love to have known a person like me when I was younger as a police officer because my perception was even flawed, thinking that all police officers would take you to jail and all that stuff like that. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I am devoting myself to making sure that people understand that, you know, this is not about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about that at all. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, being positive is, is the most important thing to me. And that's why I say, you know, I'm I'm glad that you invited me here for this interview because I wanted people to understand that in this little segment that we're speaking, mm-hmm. that there are people who actually care about you that put on this uniform and put on this badge. We care about you. To protect and serve. To protect and serve. Yes. You have been so great today because we should highlight the good. So that is something that I really built my podcast on was to highlight the good Everyone has a story, and I want the real thing. Understood. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say before you go about your experience and to try to help out the image of the policemen so that we can start to accept you guys more and um, just trust you all more to call the police and not be scared to call the police? The last thing I can say before I leave is to always understand that you're not dealing with a robot. You're not dealing with a foreign entity from another planet you're dealing with somebody who has a mother has a father probably have a daughter brother sister all this stuff you're dealing with a human being and humanity would be much better off when humans began treating other humans humane Mm -hmm. and that's a quote for myself but i mean as long as you look at a person and say regardless of my experience beforehand Mm -hmm. you know i probably had a difficult experience with a police officer before I'm not going to automatically assume that this police officer is going to dish out a bad experience because at that point at that point if you automatically have a perception about me when we're having dealings then it could possibly alter my attitude and the way I do things and it's Mm -hmm. like that's the human nature way it's like if you got a chip on your shoulder that automatically kind of transcend to me Uh and You know, it's like we don't want that. We want to make sure that when we're in these situations and you're dealing with somebody, only, only carry that chip if it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do have to carry a chip. But most for the most part, when you when you deal with police officers, not just black police officers, there are some awesome white police officers. Mm -hmm. It is awesome. And I've seen them who would devote their times and themselves doing what I did with those children. I've seen it. You know, I've seen some great things from from officers all around. I've seen great things that these people do. And we kind of make jokes about it like, ah, oh, you, you know, you just did this, did that. I mean, like I had gotten, I've seen somebody shot one time in the leg. He was, he was it didn't hit an artery. But I saw this white police officer, glove his hand, 
put pressure on that man's wound, the black man, mm-hmm. put the pressure on his wound, apply the tourniquet, something that stops the blood flow, mm-hmm. and really help that guy. And it's mm-hmm. like, he didn't see color. He just mm-hmm. did his job. Yeah, he that's served. nice. So I, I just want people to understand that these are people and only hold people accountable for the wrong they do. Mm-hmm. Also hold them accountable for the gr- good and great they do. Mm-hmm. So don't ever mix the two. Yeah. Don't, don't praise a person for doing something wrong, mm-hmm. and don't bash a person for, for doing, doing something, something great. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So I totally agree. That is that is where I leave leave this one, and I don't think I can say too much more. But uh, I love my community. I love my people. I love everybody, and I do recognize that there are issues with uh, the community and policing. But me myself, Officer Carter, I'm mm-hmm. devoting myself to making sure that the community and police are bridged. And living in harmony, I guess. And that's going to be my main goal from here on out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice to the young people, old people, anybody, when dealing with a situation and they just they need a police officer or they are approached by a police officer? What should we do? I think you should just be genuine. Mm-hmm. You should be genuine. You don't have to be scared. Because sometimes I deal with people and they just be shaking. And I'm like, hey, you good? I kind of crack a joke on them. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man, what, what's, what's up with you? You know, you having a seizure or something? You know, make a joke to mm-hmm. lighten the mood and just to show people, hey, I'm, you know, we're, we're people. So mm-hmm. I think that the best thing to do is just to be genuine. Know that you need that person's help and know that they're going to help you. And don't feel like, well, this person, you know, I need to hold my hands up or, you know, certain comments people make when I deal with them. And I'm chilling. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm chilling. I'm just having a casual interaction, and they say, "Oh, hands up, don't shoot." I'm like, <laughs> "I don't, I don't shoot people, brother. That's not yeah. something that I ever wake up and have on my mind ever, mm-hmm. never, ever, ever, ever." So, you know, just avoid trying to make the to, to bringing up those triggers. Like, you know, it's like you know there's something sensitive there. Don't bring up triggers, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying don't act like it's not there, but don't egg something on that uh-huh. that's not there. Yeah. And uh, just like I said, just be willing to accept that person for who they are. Mm-hmm. And any past experiences, let that be that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think as my as far as myself, I'm a testament of other police officers who have my same mindset. And it's, it's many of us. Mm-hmm. It's many of us. So that is that is the best advice I can give as far as like dealing with, with police officers just be be genuine and know that especially if you don't have anything to hide you don't have anything going wrong just sit there I mean if you're getting a ticket take your ticket uh-huh. and if you feel like it was an error don't, the traffic stop is not the time to argue about that mm-hmm. ticket take it, to the to court. uh-huh. take it to the courts the judges I'd use division three it's a uh, female black judge she's great she's very people oriented she tell us all the time as police officers, treat these people right. So I'm sure if you feel like something went wrong and you say, hey, they gave me this ticket in error, she's very, very, very good. So, I mean, just take the stuff to court or talk to a lieutenant. Go to the precinct. But on a traffic stop at that moment in time, it's not the time to be arguing. And, you know, uh, there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. We know this. And that is not the time or place. Yeah. You did so amazing. You tackled every question with so much grace and honesty and I love this conversation I really love this episode I hope it reached so many people because it was really needed because we do need to bridge the gap between policemen and also the communities and it starts with it's gonna start with us like it's gonna start with you as a police officer and me as a person a part of the community 
So I hope y'all take um, Officer Carter's advice and just, you know, be genuine. They are human just like us and just go through the process. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to the Brittany Nick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nett, and I'll see you next week. That is so dope. Like, you did amazing. I appreciate you.